When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 206- 451-4220. I'm Maria Metzler, the Executive Director of Helpline House. The global pandemic has affected us all differently. If you or your neighbors need food assistance, mental health counseling, rental assistance, or parks and rec vouchers, please reach out. Helpline House can help in many ways. Find us on the web at helplinehouse.org. It's what we do. Neighbor helping neighbor. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. Good podcastville. You found the Bystander Podcast. Welcome to the show. We are officially back at Studio 15. It feels good. Today we are with Southward candidate John Quitzland. Did I say that correctly, John? Yes, that's right. Um, happy generic time to the listeners. And uh, let's let's talk about your upcoming election for city council. I understand. That uh, you're a graduate from the high school here. Yes, I did many years ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> has it changed any? Oh, lots of changes, lots of changes. Uh, and I, I had a career as an educator. Coming back to the island, I thought, well, I'll get involved. Maybe I'll be counseling students from a little bit, things like that. I just didn't find room for that with <laughs> the other things that came my way that opened up for me. Uh, Coming back to the island. This yeah. was in the year 2000. So I graduated from high school in 57. Wow. And uh, what is the big thing we're missing from 1957 at the high school now in the 2021? Well, the music is different. Oh, yeah. You're, you're a blues enthusiast, right? <laughs> I am a blues enthusiast, yes. Uh, yeah. Have you spent any time in Chicago? Um, um, just passing through. I've never been to a blues club in Chicago, but. Uh, Heard the music in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. We, li- we lived in Washington, D.C. from 1964 to 2000. 
and we lived on Capitol Hill. Uh, jazz and blues, the live music, uh, long list of concerts I could talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Robert Cray, for example. Yeah, he was. He's from Seattle, right? From the from the area, I think he grew up in Tacoma. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, but, uh, I, we tried to get into a show in Seattle, and and it was too crowded. So uh, I just lay for him uh, uh, when he came to came to Washington D.C. Do you play any musical instruments? No, no. I was in in the high school band, and I played uh, played first trombone, and then I shifted to French horn. I made a good tone on the French horn, but I didn't have much uh, sort of musical uh, coordination and the like. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty good with a cowbell or a triangle, but other than that, not Uh, much else. You know the joke about more cowbell? No, but I've seen the Saturday Night Live skit. That's the thing, yeah. Christopher Walken. (laughs) That's got to be the most hilarious skit they ever did. Yeah, my brother Gary turned me on to that. Yeah, there's still people – People still sell in T-shirts that say yeah. more cowbell. More cowbell. There was an Obama-related T-shirt that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And now they bring them out to soccer games too. <laughs> All the parents are hitting them while the kids are playing. They get tired of yelling. Hey, so you spent some time on quality Bainbridge, uh, sustainable Bainbridge. Sustainable Bainbridge. Yes. What is yes. the difference between quality and sustainability? Well, the quality Bainbridge. Um, that was kind of an election-related. Um, not a subgroup, actually, but just some members from Sustainable Bainbridge, uh, specifically Meredith Gale, formed with friends around the, the Quality Bainbridge label. I wasn't – I was never involved in that. And I, I even thought Quality Bainbridge. That's got the wrong ring to it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and they, they've, they've, they've pulled back from that altogether. Now, does – tell me exactly what Sustainable Bainbridge is compromised of. Is That's the – like in – what got the recycling movement going on here? And Diane Landry, Diane Landry, uh, back in the day, uh, when she really developed Champion the focus things. on yeah. zero waste, it was an it was an activity associated with Bainbr- a project, let's say, mm-hmm. under the broad umbrella of sustainable Bainbridge. Uh, Diane uh, chose not to be a board member. There were other board members like Barry Peters, for example, who, mm-hmm. who was involved in uh, establishing the the uh, Bainbridge Community Broadcasting at the very beginning. Uh, other people, uh, and I guess now D- Diane is a is a member of the board. I've I've been to one of their meetings. I I went to the to, to their meeting to uh, just hobnob a little bit and say I'm running for council now, and I like your mm-hmm. your. Uh, Engagement with you know they won't endorse me. It's not that kind of a thing. Right. But I just have friends there. Diana, let's see. Oh, I can't think of all the names of people I know there still. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. Deb Rudnick. That's what that was. Yeah, one. Deb. Yeah, does a good job too. Yeah, yeah. both of them are tireless workers, and they Indeed. set the example for others to follow. And um, yeah. that's strong leadership in that organization. So kudos to them. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From the bystander to you. Um, yeah. Then you got involved. Did you leave that and directly get involved in the planning commission? Uh, it wasn't like one thing leading to another. There, uh, I was interested in the planning commission at the very time that uh, when when Barry Peters was a council member, um, I applied, and uh, I was interested in the shoreline management 
program or the shoreline shoreline master program as it's sometimes called uh, uh, as it was just forming up and I knew the planning commission would be actively involved in the development of that uh, and I was passed over for a year but I had another chance the next year um, and um, so I've had nine years of experience there the um, the the main thing I think that was the foundation for my interest in the planning commission and even if you want might say that my credentials on the planning commission starting in 2006 I um, responded to a call for citizen involvement in what was called the 2025 growth advisory committee mayor Cordenoy at that time uh, took that initiative in connection with um, planning for um, not for the comprehensive plan update exactly, but you know just anticipating the need to manage an allocation of of some growth for the island, mm-hmm. and that was well. It's mandated by the yeah, state. Yeah, we that's have to right. Grow so so uh, absorb growth I from guess. the very beginning of of our um, in existence as a municipality. And the first comprehensive plan and so on, we've had that uh, 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 obligation to plan for. And uh, that was a very positive experience. Um, some people I knew already on that in that group, others I got acquainted with, and the leadership from the planning uh, department staff was kind of taking us taking us forward and thinking about uh, and so on. And the, and the writing of the final report for the 2025 Growth Advisory Committee. I was directly involved in that, given my experience, uh, academic experience, writing and my commitment to the ideas that we had to to address. There were conflicting or, or differing views that went into the formation of a whole set of recommendations. And then that was uh, presented to the city council. Mm-hmm. And it promptly died because uh, certain members of the city council thought, oh, this this initiative from the mayor isn't something that we want to go along with. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy indeed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just one example of the kinds of dysfunction that uh, have sort of plagued the efforts um, from the beginning of yeah. our, of our uh, existence as a municipality. So uh, – and you have a literature background, correct? I do indeed. I went uh, I went from high school here to Reed College. And where's, where's Reed College at? Reed so. College in Portland, Oregon. Okay. We went to Portlandia. We were well. It wasn't Portlandia then, but yeah. uh, but uh, um, Reed Reed students referred to Harvard as the Reed of the East. Oh, okay. And that's comparing a, a multiversity. With a huge endowment to mm-hmm. a, a modest liberal arts college with a uh, graduating class of uh, 90 or so students back wow. in the day. Um, but I had a wonderful experience there and met uh, people from all over all over this country and many, many foreign students. Uh, very cosmopolitan place, uh, cutting edge, radical – and also at the same time, very deeply traditional. Founding, starting with a humanities program in the freshman year, that uh, I always read one of the two Homeric ep- uh, epics and mm, go forward okay. from there. So anyway, that 
uh, I ended up in literature having tried a, a philosophy major and deciding that, well, philosophy as a discipline as it's taught in college isn't something that I'll be really good at. So I need to be preparing for something that I, I will enjoy teaching. Did Reed set you up for postgraduate studies as well? It did. I went from Reed to Princeton, which was a huge change of, uh, <laughs> of mm-hmm. pace and – well, not pace exactly, but, uh, you know. Do they uh, call uh, Princeton the Harvard of, of the East? <laughs> <laughs> not very many students from Reed went to, print, went to Princeton, but I liked it there because their program for literature was selective but small. Mm-hmm. And they selected – students that they expected to to graduate. Uh, there was a few dropouts, nobody washing out, I think, but just, just a few people who, who decided, well, this isn't really a place where I'm going to prosper. How many uh, people but, were in your high school senior class when you graduated? The class of 57, I think, was 58 students. So there was almost double that in uh, college. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, you go to yeah. a big, big school like big, Princeton. Big, was big, that a shock? Well, even, you know, Compared compared to both Harvard and Yale, um, the student body at Princeton, at least in my day, it was you know it was it was big, at um, at the same time modest. And Princeton is a small town. That's not yeah. uh, different from from uh, uh, New Haven or or uh, uh, Cambridge and Boston and all that. Um, of course, we were close to New York, and I enjoyed the proximity to New York. And we got my wife and I got up to New York. Uh, I was married after my first year as a as a student uh, at Princeton postgraduate. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. You mentioned shoreline. Um, yeah. Water is it water management or just Shore, shoreline, shoreline management? management? Yeah. Shoreline Management Master Program. That Master was program. that was that's that's the full title. So since yeah. I don't have a luxury yeah. home on the beach, on the right. even though this is an island yeah. and yeah. we're surrounded by water, I'm not that familiar on that top topic compared to other um, council issues. Can yeah. you kind of hit me to what the struggle has been? Yeah. In well, the the making of this pre- this. The, the currently enforced and in place um, SMP, I'll just call it that. Um, it was a very contentious process because shoreline property owners, many of whom consider themselves devout environmentalists, but at the same time people with property rights that needed to be protected and, and even asserted – uh, against the the regulatory regime that environmentalists were were uh, you might say imposing. Hmm. Um, How so, though? Short, well, the, the shoreline management program is is an environmental program. It's not. It's it's it doesn't it does it's not built on the idea that you have to balance this against that. In effect, the balance is very important. But the primary impetus for the shoreline management program is um, being consistent with guidelines from the State Department of Ecology. And um, those guidelines are, are very, very definite. Uh, and in practice, in this contentious process that involved 
I think, a good deal of misunderstanding on the part of yeah, Toronto, when Toronto was property. this drawn up? Well, I think the process started in 2012. No, even before that. Let's say before 2012, uh, the the process was completed, but it has still been um, subject to litigation since 2014. So the date on the on on what we what we have, it's incredibly elaborate, and um, so I was while I was on the plan, in effect right now. It, it, is it in is, effect or it in is, litigation? It is in effect. Uh, it is still being um, litigated, contested by by an organization of of shoreline property owners. Um, and does that have to do with anything about beach and easement rights? Not really beach and easement rights. I guess it would be I, – I think the contentious issues are um, what can I do – to what extent can I modify my, pro, my property? To what extent uh, can I um, build onto uh, an older structure? Because many property owners on the shorelines – have uh, either they bought a, a, a house on the shoreline many many years ago, or they've bought a house recently mm-hmm. that may they may want to modernize. Yeah, there's a couple on Murden Cove I can think of right away. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that had yeah. just been sitting there forever yeah. and ever, and they're not houses and so, that you can move. So move the in. the 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 contentious issue had to do. One of the contentious issues was the shoreline management program refers to non-conforming lots, non-conforming structures, and also non-conforming uses. And the many shoreline property owners, I wouldn't say all, but the people who are most engaged in contention hated the term non-conforming because it Made it seem like they were not good citizens. Yeah, people work hard and buy property, and and they want to represent their rights and their yeah, ability yeah, to yeah. build what they want because yeah. that's their domain. Yeah, yeah. And I'm all for it as long as it's not yeah. crushing the environment. Yeah, yeah. they preferred they pre- preferred to say we have grandfathered rights. Mm. Smart but the, vernacular. But the history of the term grandfathered that goes back to. Um, reconstruction and – or no, the, the, the rollback of reconstruction after the Civil War. Mm. Grandfathered rights are – if your grandfather could vote, you're entitled to vote. Okay. And you know what that hurts. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that sort of thing – that was just one of the reasons why grandfathering was not a word that we wanted to use in the in the in language, yeah. And I, I was involved – I was on the sidelines. I was writing a blog for the, uh, uh, the for Sustainable Bainbridge at the time. I was on the sidelines watching this, these contra- controversies and trying to interpret them for for the public uh, as to what was at stake, and um, you know, kind of can't we all get along? <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I've learned over the last four so, years, we can't all get along. Yeah. 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 But, uh, 
that's so. that's what, how we in, we need to why we need to invite people in, not out for sure. Yes, yes. Uh huh. So, so my, what made you decide to get into this uh, city council race? What was the driving factor? There are so many things uh, that the council, both you know, maybe a couple of years ago, the council committed to things or got something rolling. For example, uh, there is now a climate action plan. Mm-hmm. And that arose from concern on the council and concern in the community on the part of activists alert to the impacts of climate yeah, I think we can thank Jay Ansley's run for president see, to put that to the forefront as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a live issue for, for a good many people uh, who, who set to work actually you know, within, the, uh, within the comprehensive plan update process, which I was very much involved in on the planning commission. Um, we undertook to put climate concerns – in the fabric of the comprehensive plan. And mm-hmm. so the question when it comes, comes to implementing the comprehensive plan, introducing things into ordinances, introducing things into you know, public programs that, that will um, respond to impacts and maybe promote adaptations and avoid impacts when it's possible. Uh, or minimize impact, that sort of thing. So um, let's see. Where do I go next? That's just one of the rather ambitious uh, large-scale plans that involve uh, so you were various part, kinds of, of legislation. You saw it from the planning side and now you want to see it from the implement? Exactly. S- exactly. Side? From uh, – Start to finish. The, the, yeah. Let's get and it done. In the pl- – Planning Commission and um, Council are in many ways interdependent bodies. Yeah, They're not they equal. They're not equal. Uh, Planning Commission recommends and the, the, the Council decides. Yeah. I've had pr- trouble with recommendations not being followed mm. uh, or not – just – I wouldn't say – it's not so much that recommendations from the Planning Commission um, – are rejected, but more like it's hard for the council to get around to actually paying attention and understanding the rationale and understanding maybe some urgency. Yeah, there's a fair uh, point. Do you do you feel like city council <laughs> meetings are are not focused and going way too long and somewhat dev- divisive that we're not getting regular business done on, on a weekly basis? Simple answer to that is yes. Okay. <laughs> Question is, uh, what kinds of interpretation do you want to place on it? Uh, I I think the council has understood that they were in trouble, and it didn't just start uh, just before COVID, or uh, you know, it didn't didn't start just recently. Yeah, we saw people dropping yeah. off council. Yeah, yeah, prominent council yeah. members. Right, right. Well, I'm glad you're. You're alert to that. You know, Christy Carr took took the place of Matthew Terman. Um, Cole Medina left the island for uh, career career reasons, but I think also yeah. because he was disillusioned with uh, uh, 
the the direction that, that the council was taking. Yeah, the start of it. You know, knowing uh, Cole personally, I, I feel like he was up against a lot of things, and yeah. he tried his best. And yeah. there was a certain yeah. point yeah. where you say, "Hey, I could probably move on and impact uh, yeah. community yeah. Yeah. in the right ways." And you know, it's nice to have Brenda on council too. So what? It, what are the? Let's talk South Ward. Yeah, um, beautiful area of the island, um, mm-hmm. a density-based area for housing. Um, what else is cracking down on the south end? That oh, the recent fire, and then how the fire department reacted, and the structure of fire hydrants and the water tanker and other fire departments having to come onto island to put that out on surface level. From what I know, it seemed like quite a debacle, but it also brought up areas of concern for me. Is there enough of a water system? Is there enough fire hydrants? Is there enough access and employees to put out a fire on the south end? I you know more about the fire than I do. I did, did read about it some this morning, uh, and I understand that um, the fire department has come in for for maybe misplaced criticism, uh, but it seems like, well, I, I don't know if the infra- infrastructure is there. It seems to me— um, Well, here, here's what I believe, yeah, if I yeah. can pontificate for a moment. I know yeah. you're my guest, and I want to hear from you, but— since this is your area, yeah, and it's in my mind's outwardly a, a concern. Yeah, I don't think there was an. Here's what I got: gleam, gathered, gleaned, however you say it. Yeah, um, that firemen had been put into paramedic roles, and there wasn't enough staff to deploy the forty thousand gallon tanker from the the Hila fire station there, mm-hmm. and that um, I believe one of the fire hydrants closest to the fire was not operable for some reason. And then lastly, I also believe there is a mechanism um, at that fire station to pump salt water onto a fire that's maybe a shoreline-type fire. Yes. But I don't think that machinery has been... I don't. I don't think we can just pull it out and use it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we have it, we, we should be able to use that as a resource. If we have a forty thousand gallon tanker there, we should be able to use it as a resource. Yeah. The yeah. the poor sap. Sorry for using that word, buddy, but he moved into his house, had a barbecue, housewarming. He'd only been there in a week, and now his house is torched, and he's looking for a new home. Oh, and. That's just got to be so heartbreaking. Yeah. And we put all this money into these new fire stations. And I just I want to know that I can trust yeah. that these the, – that cops will show up. The water will show up. Yeah. You know, simple things that we take for granted sometimes. Yeah. 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 And putting all our tax dollars into two shiny new fire stations and then – having this fire just decimate this person's house. And, of course, I can be wrong. I haven't seen the house. I haven't talked to the person. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. as they say in the movies, rumor on the street, yeah. um, that's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel that in many ways infrastructure, looking ahead into the next four years, 
if I'm on the council, infrastructure is it's a broad category, but it's a very important part of what needs the council's attention. Well, let, let's break uh, it down. You know, yeah. uh, we need sidewalks, we need multi-ability, we need charging stations, we need a ferry that goes electric. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a want list that's longer than my arm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The fire station it, it has yeah. to have an infrastructure. Yeah. The police station has to be rebuilt, and and people need to relocate in the courtroom, and. We've got roundabouts coming in. There's a lot of planning when it comes to infrastructure. Yeah. yeah. So we have an understaffed, uh, under-equipped planning department. Uh, of course, public works is is public works and and planning department uh, work together. They they do work together. In my perception, they work together quite well. That didn't used to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but. We, I don't, I don't have any knowledge of the places in the code that determine a design for uh, the fire hydrant infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's a that's a that's something that's that's not been attended to because I don't think the fire department is in a position to say to the council. We've got a plan, or or there there isn't a, an adequate plan. It needs to be addressed. Why uh, do you think they can't bring that up, though? I mean, wh- what's their solution then? Well, I'd say that it comes down to uh, um, imperfections in the liaison or the the interface between city administration and the council. The council, to a large extent, they decide what their issues are. They decide what their agenda will be. It is it is a negotiating process with the city administrator, but we've not had the leadership at the at the top in uh, in the administration for years now. Not since Doug Schultz left. Yeah, shout out Doug. Hope you're doing good there in Banning, California. Yeah, good man. Talk yeah. to him a lot and. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's somebody that opened my eyes to a lot of what's going on and took the time to have a conversation. I'm I'm glad you had that experience because I admired him, uh, although I wish I'd had more interaction with him. Mm-hmm. He he, you know, he stayed behind a desk he, most he, of the time. He managed – he was a poker player in, in a way. Mm-hmm. That was my perception of him. Um, That's a good perception. And we we had a really – Cordial, loose-jointed conversation basically on his last day. <laughs> I had some observations that he was amused by. That mm. uh, <laughs> I did his exit interview and uh, it was telling. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. How, I've yet to meet the new city manager. Have you had any action with him? He's, he's terrific. Awesome. He does, I, had, I had a half-hour conversation with him. I wish it had been an hour, but uh, I wasn't. In a position to say, look, <laughs> yeah. there's more I need to say. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be in close touch with him. Uh, I know that Christy Carr, whose place I'm taking on the council, uh, Christy Carr has wised him up in a lot of different ways, uh, helped him to, to get uh, – to find – Feet on the ground. Fi- get feet on the ground and, and an understanding 
of the pro- problems that really need to be solved um, sooner what, rather than later. What are some of your top problems that you think need to be solved? Well, my top issue is the need for comprehensive housing policies. What does that look like in your eyes? Well, I could go on and on. Uh, But the main thing is um, that we're serving a very high-end clientele of uh, sellers and buyers. Very, you know, it's a runaway uh, marketplace Mm -hmm. for a few people. It supports a large uh, community of real estate agents and um, home builders and and, and and builders and people people in renovation and and modification of homes. Um, that's a tremendous part of of the island's special character. But there are lots of people let out, left out. There are lots of people who uh, work on the island have to live a considerable distance away in order to have something that their salary will will uh, enable them to buy or rent. And uh, as a result, the – I mean, in my parents' generation, coming – my parent – my dad was born on the island and he came back here as soon as possible at the end of World War II. We arrived uh, – I started school in October of 1945 first grade. And what my dad was coming back to was a, an island not very different from what he had left when he uh, graduated from high school, went to Washington State College as it was then uh, in the context of the Depression. This was a blue-collar community, sparsely, sparse population. We were truly isolated uh, mm-hmm. We did have a ferry system, but it wasn't as as reliable as it is now. Lumber, creosote, and strawberries, so, so right? On. Yeah, and and it was an industrial. There was an industrial base to the economy, and there were people working blue collar jobs in at Boeing and uh, in the Bremerton shipyard. Mm-hmm. A lot of shipyard and there were people. there were people basically in the subsistence economy. Uh, in agriculture on the island and so on and so forth. And there were – there was a certain commercial base and uh, – but Winslow was a tiny place and mm-hmm. and uh, the the neighborhood stores had pretty much died away uh, that had served the, the first two generations of, of uh, people on the island, first two settling, settling generations. Anyway, it was my parents' generation that built a, a more white-collar, middle-class – uh, and commuting uh, population, uh, families families supported by one income typically, and mm-hmm. uh, 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 that's at home. So anyway, all of that middle class center for things has been transformed by increasing population uh, say to be more so and more and more upwardly, upwardly mobile. And people who came here 20 years ago, like me, I couldn't buy the house I'm living in now. Oh, I've been here, I think, 12 <laughs> years, and I couldn't buy the house I'm living in right now. Yeah. I can barely afford the property tax on it because it's increased so much. Uh-huh. It's it's not what I was looking forward to. Yeah, I'm thankful that yeah. home has yeah. more value. Yeah. But guess what? That means I have to have a bigger budget to pay for it 
every single year and it has to keep growing. Yeah. Because yeah, the yeah. tax assessor comes by and mm-hmm. yeah. that word is golden. And, and, and people complain about taxes, but um, that's not the only that's not the only problem. <laughs> Let's quickly yeah. talk about taxes. We're we're talking about um, an increase in tax for the parks department, correct? On the same ballot you're on? Yes, that's right. Well, it's 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 actually the primary ballot. Yeah, it's 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 simultaneous with the primary ballot. I'm not voting correct, in the primary, but, but I have that one one ballot uh, due on. Uh, in fact, August third. I haven't I haven't posted it yet, but I filled it out. Uh, it's not a big increase, right? But then there's it's, the, it's there's the it's talk continuation about continuation and so on. Yeah, and I guess the, I, yeah. I haven't yeah. led you to water here yet. But, <laughs> There's a $13 million acquisition of a private gym on the table that um, could potentially be funded by that tax increase. And there's a seems to be a conflict of interest in some people's mind whether that's a parks department resource that they should value and purchase. What are your thoughts on it, both the tax and uh, purchase? One of my good friends um, posted – Something on on um, World Wide Web on Facebook. Face, Facebook. Uh, this is elitist. We sh- we shouldn't vote. We shouldn't vote for this levy because the the purchase of this uh, of the athletic club is, and and the charging charging fees for the use of it um, that that's it should be free. Yeah. Well, well but it, no. Uh, so anyway, and and she was immediately. Uh, answered by another friend of mine who said, no, Lisa, you don't understand, <laughs> and so on. You just uh, outed Lisa, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say last name. I know several Lisas. <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, Lisa Macchio on the Planning Commission was the person I was okay. starting from. Anyway, uh, and uh, Meridale Gale was the person who, who answered back, and I think Deb Rudnick also answered back, said, said uh, no, the Parks Department – has many different activities. They need this levy for for their operating uh, budget and so on. I'm I'm persuaded by that. I think actually this is an asset that will be of use to more people. Uh, some of whom will not be paying the membership fee that that the existing clientele have been paying. Um, I think it's I think planning for this the use of this facility and how it will be financed. That's. That's a moving train, and and I'm trust. I don't trust everybody. Uh, I don't trust all the all the parks department uh, uh, decisions and policies and the rest of it because it's a kind of a fiefdom that that I've had some issues with in the past. But I, I do think that they're they're trustworthy and they're do- going in the right direction with the continuation of services and perhaps improvement of services and, modifi- and, and enlarging the, the, the client base. And it's, they're entitled to, to uh, Have a go charge, charge, charge people for what they're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things can't be free. Right. Uh, yeah, I wasn't yeah. thinking that it should be free. But, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get on to – the housing crisis. Yeah, we, come back to and that. density. That's the big thing. Yeah. Are you you pro density? Uh, do you think we still need to grow? How do you see us growing in the future? What are your overall thoughts on growth? 
density is density and development have been uh, swear words for as long as I've been around. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's twenty more than twenty years, uh, and it's always density and development are always played against the value of the environment, the the unspoiled True. Uh, uh, environment that that we va- we all value. And I've been on the environmental side of things, and I believe fervently in um, stewardship as a duty of the city council and the whole Kobe government, mm-hmm. stewardship of all our all of our resources, and stewardship at the individual and family level. Your yep. your property is to be cared for uh, because it's. You're building value if you're taking care of it, mm-hmm. and if you're recklessly cutting trees down, that's 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 short-sighted. Uh, just because there's too much shade on this window or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I I do think, and I I express that in a lot of the municipal code language that I've worked on over the years. Anyway, coming back to to density, we have not kept up with the requirements uh, with with planning for uh, the city of Winslow the town of Winslow let's say okay the the mixed use town center the uh, Winslow study area as it's called on the on the zoning map we've we've not had adequate regulation for the development that happens and we see we see atrocious development that was Possible given given the rules for base density and bonus density, uh, and so on and so forth. That's that's all been poorly managed. Uh, well, haven't we been much, selling bonus density? That's the that's the darn problem. Uh, people um, and we have not gotten. You know, the, the the plan in the Winslow Master Plan is for uh, to have this base and bonus to in incentivize mixed-use development, but we haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. We haven't required we've, – we've allowed banks. You know, a bank will buy a lot and they'll put a big building on it. Look at, look at the Bank of America, which is – they don't even have the business to, to, to yeah. justify f- uh, five days a week opening. Yeah, they're barely open. <laughs> they're barely open. But they've got this big building when – Bank of America office should be a corner, the, be a key tenant in in a two or three story building that accommodates housing as well. I think it should be a kiosk. Well, yeah, yeah. Seriously, yeah. It, well, that's a smaller footprint. Yeah, and well, so we have not gotten the mixed use development uh, that that we need. We don't need to add much density. We just need to to provide. More direction to the the kinds of development that we need that fit our character of our yeah yeah beautiful because development talent. and density uh, not the same thing. Right. Uh, people say there should be no up zones. Well, that's that's a blanket statement. That's that's a blanket statement. People say no up zones because somebody else is getting the benefit of an up zone, and I'm not getting that benefit. It's the zero sum thinking. If 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 you get something that I don't have, I'm going to be against that. Well, mm. it's not. That's not the way a community is supposed to operate. 
How did you feel about uh, the two projects uh, Michael Burns tried to do with the hotel and then the low-income housing on Madison Avenue, mixed-use retail? Two very different projects uh, and um, I've been – I was involved in in the planning commission review of the. Uh, All right, give me the dirt. Hotel. Give me the dirt. Well, was it, it a good plan it, or no? It wasn't dirt. It wasn't dirt. But the so why did the, it not the happen? planning the planning for that hotel? It started out. He had a dream. Michael Burns had a dream of a boutique type hotel uh, that would include a performance space mm-hmm. and be. Be a culture, cultural facility and and uh, elegant accommodations and the like. Um, Much like Bema is. Well, yes, yeah, serving serving some of the same purposes. Um, Michael Burns's wife, I knew her quite well, and she sponsored or she she organized uh, monthly concerts uh, in the community center. But Michael had the idea of it, you know, mm-hmm. something. More high toned, you might say, uh, or more more of a boutique operation. Yeah, I love anyway, it when the so, music on the lawn there and yeah, and and Winslow. But the economics took charge uh, on this of the size, not the size of the building, but the number of units and the intensity of the use. And we on the planning commission, we were we were uh, unwilling to grant. A conditional use, given the uh, decision criteria that we had, uh, that we thought were were maybe not violated, but the cr- decision criteria were not satisfied by the the plan as it was presented to us, with uh, you know the the intensity of comings and goings of. Of clients and comings and goings of all the staff and and operations that are required to operate uh, so, uh, the size of the size of the, the project that uh, you know and the 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 basic design very elegant and beautiful and uh, environmentally why amazing. Was, <laughs> why was he not allowed an opportunity to correct that? Um. What do you mean to correct? Like, go ahead. To we, size it back? Size, scale it down. It, it, it wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work and it Period. wasn't presented to us. And the Planning Commission, when they, they find fault with a project, they can't redesign it for somebody and you can't say – No, but no, he, you, could, he could come back with the redesign himself, couldn't he, and spend his own money? Well, they didn't feel that they had – they didn't feel the project was at risk. Who did it? They, the applicants, okay. uh, the architect and, and Michael Burns and, and uh, uh, the, the hotel management company that he was working with that said, you know, you need to have 90 rooms and they, they had to settle for 87, I think, something like that. Hmm. Anyway, um, that, that's on account of, of um, how the economy – Forces things upon us that we're not prepared to deal with, hmm. and coming back to affordable housing, the city needs to be investing more in planning, investing more in making 
affordable housing, workforce housing, middle class or middle – they talk about the missing middle. Mm-hmm. Housing, housing of either small homes or um, uh, condominiums homes, or, or ADUs. Yeah, multi, multi-family construction, let's say a four-unit um, – um, Duplexes, yeah, stuff yeah, like that. duplexes, and the thing. we're not coming up with solutions to the problem. Um, so, and, what was the problem with the space on Madison? Then there's not much of a problem there. I admire that project. I've I've been the liaison to the design review board. It hasn't the project hasn't come to the planning commission except for a public public meeting, public comment. Okay, but we don't have. We don't have the completed application yet. In, so that, they, that, that could still be live and in the works as a mixed retail housing space? Um, it, what it is, the, the, the project on Madison is uh, housing that will be, be owned and managed by Housing Resources Bainbridge for income qualified tenants at a, like an 80% of AMI level. AMI uh, meaning a, that's area median income, which is which is a significant figure. Uh, people people in that type of affordable housing are are sort of below below middle class income, but but they're making they're they're in good jobs and and uh, working. The people people in the Ferncliff Village, for example. Uh, we're not talking about poor people. We're not talking about disabilities and, and 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 extreme neediness. We're talking about the the service economy that we all rely upon, and um, uh, people in nursing careers as opposed to physicians' careers, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, so um, I like the project. It's it's they're rental units for one thing. Mm-hmm. The, and there's very the, few rental. The, the island, the rents are sky high for not very good value because there's so much more demand than there is supply. supply yeah. And so, adding to the supply is going to be it's smart business, and it also serves the community. I believe um, there there will be a you know part of the part of the plan for that that development is a a community building, which is also the administrative office for uh, the rental business, if you will, um, and um, I think it's beautifully designed. And it's it's not so much a Jim Cutler project as it is a um, um, let's see Bruce Anderson project. He's been the the architect, and he's worked with with uh, um, people who are. Experienced in in the development of of mid range as well as uh, income qualified affordable construction, so I think it's going to be a good project. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of the uh, HRB type uh, affordability, but the mid range. If it, if if why do you, why it, do you think HRB struggles so much to get enough funding to? really make an impactful difference on this island? It's not that they – I think they just haven't had the the visibility of the – they haven't had the city city support. We don't 
we don't have the regulations that that will give them what they need. Are you um, thinking we need a regulation that mandates that we funnel money I think, to I HRB? Think, I think mandatory. I think mandatory um, housing of a certain kind. I would define affordability in a very broad spectrum, including the the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at and a, and a little above the area median income. Um, that will, and and you know, this is all. It's all speculative. Anything that you mandate is an iffy proposition mm-hmm. from from the point of view of legality, because you're it. You have to have regulations that will stand the challenge that somebody says, no, you're taking, you're taking a, a property right from me if you tell me what I have to do and you tell me uh, you're, put, you're, ex, you're exercising a control on my ability to earn money with my, uh, my construction on this property, that sort of thing. Uh, and I don't I, – I haven't been able to see to the depths of that well, but uh, – I do believe mandatory uh, mandatory uh, requirements for affordable housing of some sort can be can be managed because if you allow a fee in lieu, uh, you're regulating you're regulating. Mm, well, I don't know. I can't finish that that, that particular sentence. Um, so these are things that. I don't know if you look at uh, if you listen to to all the council candidates trying to you get a <laughs> you get a perspective. Some people are uh, Clarence Milwaukee. I think is is definitely on the same boat in the same boat that I'm in. Um, um, similar goals and so, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. as we finish up here, yeah. What are some of the things that are you're just adamant about? that you want to get involved in immediately becoming a council member? Well, one thing is uh, more more cooperation within the council (laughs) (laughs) and more cooperation between the council and all the other parties to the whole process of governance. The council tends to sit at a distance or – at a higher level and look down upon the planning commission, those guys are just appointed and they're doing a job and they're linked with the, the planning department. Mm-hmm. City council over the years have been suspicious of the interests of the professional planners that they're, they're, they're supposed to be working creatively, constructively with all of the city, city staff but yeah, you there's see, a ghost in the room. Well, you see, you see council members who will say, you know, what I'm hearing from my constituents, I can't trust those folks. It's an open, that's, that's, open bidding process and, for and, projects, and, right? And the 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 potential for distrust it's it's around every corner, right? And the more you distrust somebody else, the 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 less people really should feel obliged to trust you mm-hmm. because, you know, I think trust trust builds upon 
itself. You can make you can make a mistake and you can say, well, now I, I find I can't trust you. But you should start out feeling, you know, we can do business. We can we can talk about the issues. We can come to conclusions. It can be win-win. It can be win-win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but faction has always come into play. The thing I always remember uh, when I was first paying attention to the council, Christine Rolfus was in her second term mm-hmm. as a member of the city council. And didn't she go on to be – uh, legislative and, and she senator. Went, yeah, she's now in the Senate. Uh, but she was she was a swing vote. The council uh, is typically number seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and from my point of view, and the people people I was working with, uh, kind of on the side of environmental advocacy, sometimes Christine would disappoint us. And I qu- questioned her about a, a a vote that she had taken. Uh-huh. And she said, John, you have to understand this. I don't do protest votes. Mm. She, she, she wanted to be part of the decision-making, you know, part More of the five of a, or part invite of Invite people in yeah, and out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, 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 and she had influence. People knew they had to, they had to, you know, if it was, if it was, Three plus three versus three, and her in the middle. Who was going to give her what she most wanted? Mm-hmm. That's a <laughs> who, who, of power. who had the best argument? You know, this sort of thing. Yeah. And I just want to keep remembering about protest voting because I do think uh, council members can sometimes get into grandstanding and 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 you know, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it doesn't serve it. people well. It doesn't. <laughs> no. It, it doesn't. It doesn't get the job done. No, it doesn't serve the person that's doing it or the person they're talking about at all. It's yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. good service. Um, what else? Well, it, you know, I mentioned ambitious plans. The Winslow Master Plan is the big one. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. The council at their recent retreat that were they were that was most, last week. Yeah, just fairly recently. Um, um, anyway, Winslow Master Plan was the thing they were most keen to get into. Uh, there's uh, Christy Carr has advocated for a, a, a housing action plan, and I'm all for that because I think that's necessary. And I think the that's housing act, housing housing and Winslow master Winslow master plan uh, hand in hand. They do go totally hand in hand, and we've got to be looking at the same time at flaws in the Title 18, which is the zoning code. Uh, there's so much that is just non-functional there just sketchy how do we get activism towards change for that well i'll find i'll find out (laughs) (laughs) i'll find out Uh, but these things go hand in hand uh because you can't you can't you know the winslow master plan is actually uh a component of title 18 zoning um and so the changes Changes that the Winslow Master Plan will initiate have to be have to be put in place in various titles of uh, various chapters of of Title eighteen, Title eighteen twelve, uh, Chapter eighteen twelve is dimensional standards, and that's where the FAR base and bonus business is. I'm not sure. FAR is going to get 
really be what what will serve our needs best. And certainly not the way it's been uh, defined and, and administered in the past. How about yeah. the defining of ag- agricultural property? I know there's a certain house on a yeah, certain yeah. block that uh, clear yeah. cut the whole place under. Um, oh, that's a famous example. And I, yeah, I've, intense I've, agricultural, uh, and I think they got like three tomato plants in their yard. Uh, it's a massive, well, massive area. Uh, yeah, too. yeah. I I haven't kept track of that at all. Uh, but uh, I'd like to talk to them sometime. Well, yeah, yeah and you talk to friends of the farms about what they. You know, yeah, I'm a member of Friends of the Farm. I have a plot oh, okay. on Johnson's okay, Farm and oh, have yeah. been there six years and really enjoy it. Yeah, okay. Great okay. organization, uh-huh. much, much like – Well, uh, anyway, they, they – <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there should be there should be an agricultural um, um, agricultural lands uh, recognized in the zoning pattern. Has any of that changed since that clear cut? I don't think anything has been done – Have I don't, we revisited I don't, it I don't as connect, a group? I don't connect the two, and I, 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 I don't know. Uh, I've, I've just heard the, heard the, sort of the fiasco. Uh, so without knowing that it's you know there's a step to be taken to to fix it. Um, so is that a planning commission or a city council issue? When when somebody's well, that's a good question. Uh, typically, typically the planning commission can't initiate any kind of activity. Uh. The planning commission has work referred to it by the city council. I want to reverse the process because I think, I think, or just have it a two-way street. The planning commission, the planning commission, uh, working with planning department, should be able to say to the council, "This is something that's got to be fixed, and we know what we know what to do. Just give us give us some." Leeway to 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 get started on a process of a code uh, a code change. That, um, <laughs> that you know, yeah. and, and I'll find out whether there's an obstacle to that way of operating or not. Uh, yeah. um, All right. Yeah. So yeah. you ha- seem to have experience with sustainable Bainbridge, yeah. um, the planning commission. Now you're jumping into city council. Your eyes are open. You're well versed. You're a high school graduate from Bainbridge <laughs> Island High School. Yeah, you're a Spartan yeah. for life. All right, I like yeah. it. It's been a pleasure talking to you, John. Well, I've enjoyed it certainly. I appreciate your knowledgeability and your uh, alertness to um, rumors and and <laughs> we, we rumors ha- and facts as well. <laughs> yeah, occasionally I come up with a fact or two. Yeah, sure. Uh, my sure. life's not predicated on facts, though. So, well, um, I've, I've enjoyed it, and I've probably been a little too outspoken in certain places for some of my not, potential not a constituents. We'll I see. think people <laughs> need to know the honest person, and that's why this that's, platform that's, is is really nice. I think yeah. that we can sit down and just be two men talking and yeah. have an open discussion whether. Yeah. You know, I like oranges and you don't. It doesn't matter. We're having a conversation and we can right. swing each other one way or the other. That's good. As it continues, you're welcome back to come back and talk about anything in the future. I've enjoyed myself. All right. South good. Ward candidate, um, John, she's Quitsland. Don't say Lundquist. That's the only mistake. No, I'm going to call you John Q. Public. <laughs> That's it. Uh, there we go. That's Jennifer Sutton told me 
that's 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 who I was. <laughs> Change your name to um, a superhero character. Yeah, right, okay. right. Appreciate it. Thank All you. All right. You've been listening to the Bystander Podcast. Be kind.